back to the Conservative Atheist Podcast. I'm your host, the Conservative Atheist. I'm joined today, as usual, by my co-host. Right or later. Hey, guys. And today we're talking about African gangs in the UK. Uh, last episode was African gangs in Australia, but it's a problem in the UK as well. And so we're going to discuss that. We're going to discuss the violent crimes that come out of the African gangs in the UK and the shocking statistics that uh, that back up what we're claiming. So we'll start out with, uh, I believe, Ryder later had some things that he'd like to read off. Yeah, I wanted to first start off, uh, this is an article from The Guardian from 2021 that I believe is a, a, a reader in a report from the uh, Home Secretary on uh, black or black victimization in regards to crime. And it starts out by saying that blacks are 3% of the uh, British population or the population in English and Wales. And it then goes on to say, the figures also show black people are more likely to be uh, perpetrators of homicide and murder. Approximately one in five or 21% of convicted suspects were black. About 67% of suspects convicted of homicide were identified as white. So this is saying that uh, black people are 3% of the population, but they commit 21% of the murders. So they're seven times as overrepresented in uh, murder convictions. Yeah. Or murders. Shocking stats, Absolutely. but we, we have similar stats here in the United States. Okay, go ahead and continue on. Yeah, I should say the next article is uh, also comes from The Guardian, but it's from 2010. And it says... The proportion of black people in jail in the UK was almost seven times their share of the population, whereas in the US, the proportion of black prisoners is four times greater than their population share. The expression of the figure was extrapolated from the Equality and Human Rights Commission report. How fair is Britain? The report drew on a 2008 Ministry of Justice document, footnoted as the source of EHRC, that stated, black prisoners make up 15% of the prisoner population, and this compares with 2.2% of the general population. So I say Britain is extremely fair, at least in this regard. You commit crimes, you go to jail. If you commit a disproportionate amount of crimes, you go, you go to, to, to prison uh, disproportionately. The same with men. Men commit a disproportionate amount of violent crimes, and so they go to prison at a disproportionate rate compared to women. Just that simple. Not that difficult to figure out. Younger people commit a disproportionate amount of crimes compared to older people. And so younger people go to prison at a disproportionate rate. Right. I mean, that's, you know, trying to claim that it's some sort of bigotry. It's not bigotry. It's just facts. I mean, there's not a whole lot of ambiguity when it comes to murder. Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously the one excuse they like to make is that, uh, oh, well, it's due to systemic racism or racial oppression or something. And that's why there's a disproportionate number of murders, which even if you want to take that to its, its logical conclusion, the problem with that is that uh, white people do not commit nearly as much murders when they're even in the same uh, uh, poverty rate or their socioeconomic level. Yeah. If you take into account of the poverty rates for whites in this country and compare it with blacks, they don't commit nearly as much uh, murders. Yeah. So, and why would, you know, how does being poor make you commit murder or rape or, or, you know, various other crimes? Yeah. So, uh, did you have another thing to read? Uh, yeah, I can, I, I guess I can just read this now. This kind of dovetails okay. what we're talking about, but, uh, this is from John Pitts. He's a, a criminologist at the university of Bedfordshire. I believe that's how it's pronounced. And he says, 
It's, this is talking about uh, uh, a certain way they track gangs, and it says, London boroughs with the gang task force utilize the MPS gang ma- matrix for the identification of gang nominals. These are people the police believe to be active gang members, other who are more loosely affiliated, and some victims. However, identifying gang criminals is not a precise art, and the matrix system has a, a tendency to round up frequent associates and siblings who may, may not be involved in any criminality. But the controversy does not concern whether or not police should gather intelligence about potentially dangerous people. It is that in London, 89% of the 3,362 individuals on the MPS matrix in May 2018 were from a black or minority ethnicity group. A total of 78% were black African Caribbean and 11% were from other ethnic minority groups. Wow. So- so the so London when it uh, tries to track gang members, it shows that ninety nearly ninety percent of them are black, and obviously it's the case that uh, people are trying to claim this is racist. And how that's racist, I have no idea. The crime is the crime is the crime is the crime. Right. Uh, if you look at the countries and if you look at the Caribbean and you look at look at parts of Africa that we're talking about, um, the it's actually far worse. The violent crime rate is far far worse. Uh, as, and it's, you know, it's all black people. So why would, you know, are the black people being racist against the black people in or, or uh, Caribbean, however you want to say it, or, or parts of Africa? I, I don't think so. That wouldn't make sense. So without being, without further ado, we're going to talk about the, the next clip. We're going to play a clip. And the first clip we're going to play is a documentary produced by a black man, by a black, uh, by an African man, uh, about the disproportionate amount of gang rapes committed in the African uh, gang community. Um, and uh, that he's experienced similar things in, in, the, in his country of origin, but he was shocked to find out that it was still going on here, that it was being carried over, over well, here in the UK, that it was being carried over to the UK. Okay, go ahead and uh, run that clip. I'll, I'll tell you when to stop and start. It's kind of long settled down in Britain, I thought I'd left such horrors behind. But tonight, I'm investigating gang rape in Britain. I've been shocked to discover that it's happening right here. But what is even harder for me as an African is the evidence that we've uncovered, which indicates that a disproportionate number of these attacks are being carried out by black or mixed-race young men. Alerted by two high-profile gang rape cases that saw a total of 13 young men, aged 12 to 19, convicted, we set out to discover just how many other cases there have been in the past three years. The dispatches team contacted the Crown Prosecution Service and Association of Chief Police Officers, but neither had figures. So we approached all 51 police forces in Britain, only half responded. We set out to examine convictions in gang rape cases involving three or more perpetrators, all under 25 years old. The team spent four months collating information on all the cases we could find by looking at news reports, court listings, speaking to journalists and barristers. We didn't find all the cases in Britain. These are just the ones we could track down. We only included cases where convictions were recorded. We verified this information with Crown Courts, the court service, and 80 barristers who specialize in rape cases. Okay, pause. We tracked down. So think about that. 
the, one, one of the big cases involved 13 young men, ages 12 to 19. So some 12-year-old was involved in, in a gang rape. Wow. Ages 12 to 19. Can you imagine being involved in a gang rape or, or a rape of any kind at 12 years old? And he himself says that he, that uh, he had you know that this was commonplace where he came from, but he didn't expect to see it in the UK, and and here it is, and that only about half the police departments that he contacted around the UK were willing to respond and give him information. Yeah, and that he had to do a lot of research because this is something that they don't want to let people know about. Yeah, I, I should say kind of a, a delving into this a little bit to. It appears, though, that it appears uh, as though that a big problem with kind of doing research on this is that uh, it's very tenuous and scant and people really, really struggle. Or I guess they really don't uh, uh, specify uh, crime rates for uh, different uh, the, the crime rates in regards to different uh, crimes. So you really have to just look at uh, media reports and stuff along that nature and kind of anecdotes, which obviously if if it's going to be in the media and you're going to see people doing it, it probably does say something, you know, exactly. Okay, go ahead and hit it. Cases involving 92 young people convicted of being involved in gang rape. 66 of those convicted were black or mixed race. 13 were white and 13 came from other countries, including Afghanistan, Iraq and Libya. The figure of 92 may seem small, but we have to remember these were men who were convicted of being involved in gang rape. And the fact that 66 of those 92 were black or mixed race is statistically significant. And I feel it's a fact we can't ignore. I've come to meet youth worker Sheldon Thomas in Brixton, South London, where he works with young people. Is this whole gang rape thing a black problem? No, I don't think it is, but there is a disproportionate amount of young black boys involved in it. And that is why I am very concerned, because we've got a situation in our community that needs to be addressed. And I don't believe, in my opinion, that we in the community are addressing it. Why not? Many of us don't like to look in the mirror. The fact is, just like gang lifestyle and the violence that gangs bring, we didn't address it because we're too busy trying to blame somebody else for the problem. I believe that this situation of gang rape in our community is the same scenario, that it's difficult to address it because then people want to look to blame somebody because, you know, you might have people wanting to blame, oh, it's mother's fault or it's absent father's fault or it's the media's fault. We need to put aside all of that and we have to start dealing with some home truths. We've got a generation that look at sex as if it's nothing and treating disrespecting women as if it's nothing. We've got um, women who have no confidence in themselves, young girls who think it's okay to sleep with one guy or two guys or possibly three or possibly all three at the same time or being forced into doing things that they don't want to do but feel that their peer pressure is pressuring them to do it. These guys are like 13 and 14 and 15 and their actual attitude towards young girls, towards sex is, is, is mind-blowing because it's actually leaving you with where's their morals, where's their values. Pause. Sound familiar? Sounds similar to, to what goes on in the United States? It does to me. Sounds very similar to what goes on in the United States on a, on a daily basis. Yeah. Uh, I, what do they they refer to women as whores? 
and bitches. Yeah. I mean, come on. Okay, continue. I think I should just say that how convoluted that is and that he seems to he seems to say that, oh, it's disproportionately due to uh, or black people are dis- disproportionately involved in this. But then he says that's not really to do with it. Right. <laughs> well, what's it to do if it's not to do with the culture or the or the people, then what's it to do with? Yeah. And then he says something like uh, and then he said something like, oh, well, the problem is when we try to chalk it up to things, it's just blaming stuff. So that's not productive. And I'm like, you seem to just be splitting hairs between uh, saying what caused it or, or splitting hairs and saying that uh, uh, going after what caused this is ultimately just blaming it. And I'm like, uh, it doesn't have to be that way. And if something actually is the cause for something that's horrible, then yeah, you can blame it on that and you try to repudiate it, you know? Exactly. Which, that's where it just seemed very convoluted. And, and he said yeah, one other thing to touch on. You have to know what the cause is to, to come up with a solution. Yeah. I, I should say one last thing that uh, that I found, and you touched on this. He seems to be saying something like the women is that, oh, we need to teach them that this is not okay or something. And then he brings up like women where... I guess they seemingly think that, oh, it's okay if I have one guy or two guys and that it's okay I can do something even if I don't feel comfortable with it. And I'm like, uh, I don't understand what you're getting at there. You're <laughs> right. defaulting the women. And if it's also the case that uh, they're okay with this, like he seems to be uh, espousing, then that would mean that in a way it's not actually rape, you know? Yeah. He, you know, at, at the same time, he says we need to stop making excuses and people don't want to look in the mirror. At the same time, he's, he's avoiding looking in the mirror and making excuses. Yeah, I, so I he's he's that, he's obviously very conflicted on this. Yeah, I, I should say that what that underscores for me is, and I see this a lot, where people will seemingly acknowledge that there's a problem for something, and somewhat get it what the problem is, but then they'll just totally do a left turn and do a bunch of dip and twirls and just made it totally convoluted to where they seemingly, they probably in their mind they deep down know what this is, but that's not really cause. Yeah. <laughs> It's very, they know, very but they, they they know, but actually saying it is just a is just a, a you know a bridge too far for them to cross. Yeah. Okay, let's continue. Susan was dating a young North London gang leader. She first got involved in gangs aged just thirteen when she was used as a drugs runner. She used to carry a knife and has been stabbed herself. She knows firsthand how gangs intimidate people. Most people think, yeah, if I go to the police, the boys are going to get more angry about it and they're going to come after me. Partly out of fear, partly to fit in with the gang, Susan says she set up girls to be attacked. You see the boys and then you see me walking next to them. And if they ever had a problem with a girl, they'd call me and I'd be like, yeah, I'll come with my girls and I'd do something to the girl as well. And there was a couple of times where I actually set the girl up to get raped. In fact, she says she arranged for girls to be gang raped on two occasions as a punishment for sleeping with her boyfriend. When you say you've been periods when you actually said about the girls to be raped, how many people would have raped those girls? It would be like about, what, six or seven boys, eight boys. They call it gang rape, and that was it. Like, boys, whoever was there, who wanted to get involved, like, yeah, I'm on it, I'll come. And that was it. You set them up. I'd say, like, I'd ring them and then I'd keep everything cool and act like we're friends. And then I'd be like, oh, come with me. And then we'd be on my block and I'll be, wait here for a second. Say it was the park, wait here for a second. Then I'd go and get 
where they say, yeah, she's in the park. And they come over and then just do whatever they wanted. We've been setting up women to be gang raped. Groups of teenagers roaming the streets, kidnapping a girl, dragging her through the streets, and then raping her. It makes me wonder what is it about this complete lack of respect for girls, and for some girls, complete lack of respect for themselves. And it's probably just a obviously shifting segments a bit there, but uh, what seems absolutely mind-boggling about that is, in essence, the girl is saying that oh, well, I can just uh, do hits on girls I don't like, do rapes, and uh, I can also, uh, uh, these can also be solicited by other guys or by other gang members, which, if anything, should show how open open the kind of, like, uh, talk or, this, or uh, this notion of rape is to where they can seemingly just say, oh, do you want to rape this person because I'm mad at them? And they'll seem uh, accept it or <laughs> they'll, uh, they'll reciprocate the request, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's an acceptable part. It's an acceptable yeah but just imagine that you live in a community where there's so many rape is such like an uh i don't know an open secret if you will that uh you can just uh, say hey do you want to go rape this person because they did they i have some grievance against them and they can go find someone to rape them i mean it's it's insane it's absolutely insane (laughs) i mean is there an equivalent to that to anywhere i mean i'm sure like in horrific communities but I mean, the, I, I, I should say that uh, people always like to say, uh, uh, oh, well, rape happens a lot in kind of like, a, I guess, higher brow or considered like a more middle class settings. And uh, it doesn't get as the limelight's not really uh, fo- or put or focused on that, which which I mean, I, I'm not quite sure what, what uh, usually rape is more ambiguous in those things, not to defend it. But is there an equivalent to where you can just say, OK, let's I'm going to rape physically, just brutally rape mm, these people? No, no, no. Yeah, you, you know, this is that's why this guy's making this documentary because no, if, yeah. if if that was a situation in other communities, this this gentleman from the from Africa would not be making this documentary. Right. Yeah, I, I more so just want the the people that are skeptical of this kind of idea that rape is more prevalent in certain communities to understand uh, things like uh openly raping people that you don't like is not something that typically happens in more middle-class settings, you know? Well, e- even the, the sad part is, is the people that a lot of the people that don't see this don't want to see it. And even if they hear what we're saying, even if they hear what this man is saying, even if they hear what this girl is saying or actual gang members, they're just not going to accept it. Yeah. I, I've noticed that with a lot of things that we, that we talk about on here, it doesn't matter. You, you can come up with all the proof. You can, you can get it from the horse's mouth. You can have the people admitting to it, confessing to it. Nobody cares. They refuse to accept it. It's, the, it's a disease of the mind. It's called political correctness. And yeah. political correctness is the new fanatical uh, religion. And, and people are just, they're like cult members. Yeah. Okay, go ahead and continue the, the clip. What is it about the culture within these gangs that would make anyone do such a thing? I want to understand the sexual attitudes of some young people in inner cities. So I've come to King's Cross in London to talk about sexual practices in general. These teenagers say it's common for boys to have a number of girls they can call on for sex, and that it's not unusual for a girl to have sex, particularly oral sex, with several young men at the same time. Obviously, like if you, if you do with a girl and you don't take her serious, 
then like obviously people you bring people in in it then every man will have a go like but like, obviously the girl the girl has to be like obviously they're doing it like it's nothing but like obviously like if the girl if the girl wants the, some of the girls like they accept they take it like that innit? they don't really mind doing it if she's willing to do stuff without being your girlfriend then you just call her a link innit? Just because it's someone you can just phone them and link link up with them and you can just do that do what you want to do with them innit? what about emotion what about respect huh that we don't take that into consideration I grew up, you know, really having respect for women. But what are you, what are you explaining here? What are you telling me? It's shocking. It just shows that oh, you have no respect for, for, for girls. I do have like respect for girls, but like, come on, lad. Like, like, it's hard to explain it. Like, you can't say that. don't respect yourself here. How do you don't respect yourself? How are you going to respect yourself? That's what you have to do. Is it true that the set of girls that you say that don't respect themselves become the girls who, in some cases, boys pass around? Basically... It's that like, it's a lineup, isn't it? A lineup. <laughs> it's a circle where every man gets their piece of the pie. Cheena. <laughs> when you say lineup, this girl and how many? Yeah. Yeah. You all like boom. Like what? Is it just me, or can I bring my boys in, innit? Like my brethren's in it. If she says you could bring your brethren, then you will find the location, you will find the bed, you will find the room. <laughs> And you will leave her in the room, innit? Simple, like. Yeah. And, like, obviously, it's not a thing that we're kidnapping her saying you can't go home. It's not like that. Whenever she's ready to go home, she can go. We don't really care, yeah. You hear about gang rapes. What do you think about guys who... Rape. Gang rapes. See, guys who rape here on my life, yeah? I think they should all burn, because that's just disgusting. You can't force a girl to do something she don't want to do. I don't think it's always just that. Like, the way it's portrayed, yeah, it's not always the boys' fault. Because, yeah. like, the girls, yeah... Like they'll do something, and then when people find out, they're gonna change up the story to make yeah. them make them look innocent when they're letting off. That don't make no sense. I don't like, you know, I don't like, yeah. I don't like girls, yeah. This is one set of girls I don't like, yeah. You see, when a girl, yeah, comes, for instance, and she's like a lineup girl, like a hoe, yeah, and she comes, yeah, and in her head, yeah, you really spoke to her on the phone. You told her how there's seven boys, eight, nine, ten, eleven, whatever, yeah, how many boys there is, and they're saying, yeah, they're still coming, they're on it. And then when they get to the location, they do what they said they were going to do. Fair enough. But then when people start speaking about it, and then word goes around, then they want to say rape. That's one thing I can't take, man. That's annoying. There are no boys that are raped, yeah. But it's 50-50. Like, I don't know what the hell. <laughs> okay, pause. That don't make me a racist. I don't care. Okay, so these guys are full of shit. I'm not saying that there aren't girls that that are out there that are like that, but these guys are full of shit. Um, you know, they they don't see it as rape because they're used to doing it. They don't think it's a big deal. Um, they don't really care if the girl consents or not. And uh, I'm not again. I'm not saying that there aren't some girls that are like that. I'm sure there are, but they're pretending like there's no such thing as gang rape. That they're not participating in any gang rapes. And uh, I think that they just don't want to go to jail. They don't want to confess. They don't want to confess to a reporter. Yeah, it's it's once again all very convoluted because uh, I, I guess they seemingly say that, oh, well, we just find these girls and uh, they just do stuff for us. And that's kind of the way it goes. And then obviously you can hear the guy saying, well, isn't that you not respecting them or something? And doesn't that make it horrible, even if it's not rape or that's what the, uh, the guy, the reporter or whoever doing this documentary 
And they respond with something to the effect of, oh, well, they don't respect themselves, so we're not quite doing anything wrong, which it, it, it just seems kind of far-fetched that that's quite what's happening, you know, kind of going, and I know I said originally that uh, the one guy saying that, oh, well, this kind of openness in women where, where maybe we need to change that attitude, which I kind of questioned saying, well, is that rape, which I'm starting to think that they're perhaps like, that's not really like what you said, that's not really what's going on when a lot of these instances probably are rape, you know? Yeah, well, you know, the, the thing is, is that it, we're in another one of those situations that we've spoke about before, where there's two options and either option is good. So one option is, is that they're gang raping these girls, which I think is happening quite a bit. The other option is, is that sometimes the girls are up for taking on 13 guys at the same time, which means the culture is, is just pure animalistic filth. Yeah. So A is not good, B is not good, and there's really no C. Yeah, there's no, third, it, it, there's no there's no third option. Obviously, like you said, it's it's pretty egregious, regardless. But you have to wonder, and I know this is where consent can kind of get kind of uh, yeah, I don't know, can come kind of flimsier. It's a it's a little bit more equivocal. But uh, if it's the case that like this is such inculcated in the culture, and some women are seemingly okay with it, and then I guess others, or I don't even know if they're really okay with it, but it's so inculcated that it's kind of standard you do have to wonder what exactly is happening here, you know, because it seems like a lot of the women would say that, uh, oh, well, I kind of consented to this, or I approached it. And then another might say that, oh, I wasn't quite sure what I was getting into, you know? Well, the, the one girl admitted that she would bring girls in and, uh, you know, just hang out with them and, and then go get the guys and say, hey, this is where the girl's at. Go get her. Yeah. That's not consent. Yeah. Yeah, obviously you have these Kind of something to the effect of, uh, oh, well, well, we're just, uh, they're seemingly consenting to it and that's how we get off. And then the other woman is saying that, oh, well, I, I'm, I've actually uh, set up a lot of these things and no, they were all rape, you know? So right. there's probably, the, the truth is probably somewhere in between, you know? It's, the truth is somewhere in between. It's a little bit of both, depending on the situation. But either way, it's, it's, it's an absolutely vile situation, no matter what. Yeah, I would say regardless that uh, if you're kind of so open with like these kind of like, I don't know, uh, seemingly or kind of like de facto like gang on gang sex things, it seems like that's not that far. That's not uh, too far of a cry from actual gang rape itself. You know, I think right. that's where once kind of like what you said, once uh, the culture becomes so debased and you kind of allow for this and you really have no respect for women that's uh even if like some of these things, you could argue that uh, the woman consented to it to some extent. Uh, it doesn't seem that far-fetched. Not going to be consented to. Exactly. There's also the question. There's also the question. Well, well let me ask you this: What happens if the girl sh says, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah," or she's not sure what she's getting in for, uh, you know, what she's up for, and she gets there, and she changes her mind or decides this isn't what I thought it was. I don't want to do this. Yeah. Well, that was. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just go ahead and leave. No, I, I don't believe that. Yeah. Well, that was also what I was kind of getting into, but there's, this is kind of like another kind of gray area where it's like, what happened? I guess, uh, uh, I guess enters into this and to some extent knows what's happening, but then the middle of it is like, okay, I want to kind of diverge from this, you know? And what happens in that situation? Is it the case that, uh, oh, they're all, they're not going to be led to, or they're not going to be allowed to. And there's also, yeah, I, don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think diverging would be an option. Yeah. But there's also the question of, uh, what happened? What if there's a woman that, uh, maybe is not totally up for it, but doesn't express it because they're worried about uh, some sort of retaliation. You know, what would you well, make of that, that? That's kind of on her. Yeah. 
that's kind of on her. Yeah. Well, there's still the question of uh, if it's still on her, if it's the case that uh, she, because she's worried about uh, some sort of like brutal retaliation, you know. Uh, it's still consent. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, I know it's uh, legally. I think it's still consent, but uh, or I can't see how legally it wouldn't be consent. But uh, the question is, what would you make of cases like that? Because that seems to be. Well, I think that's common. I think that's very common. I I think it's it's uh, they have to live in that neighborhood. They know they're going to come across these guys in the future. These are gangs. And uh, yeah, I think it's uh, I think they have to worry about their future. But, uh, you know, it's abuse now or abuse in the future. And and maybe some of them are afraid it's going to be worse in the future if they don't if they don't play along now. Yeah, I should say kind of one last point on this is that uh, you find it where they're like, oh, these guys say gang rip is disgusting. And then. And then they, they're, they're seemingly all in convergence on that. And then the guy says uh, something to the effect of, oh, well, there's reports of these. And then he says, and then I can't remember exactly what they bring up, but it's like more where there's a gray area or maybe more when a woman like talks back or she says it didn't go a certain way and that she wasn't totally start to basically chastising and skewing that woman as a horrible person and how she's just making stuff up, you know, right. which probably does tell you everything you need to know. I agree. Okay. I, I I should actually one last. I almost I was contemplating pausing it when they did this, but uh, when he started challenging them a bit on, uh, I guess, uh, the morals of this or what exactly they're doing, and do you can do you think that maybe you're abusing this woman? Immediately, these guys just started getting very very emotional and just well, yeah, screaming. they start they start screaming over top of each other. You couldn't even hardly make out what they were saying. Yeah, which uh, I mean, I guess people I guess people are just naturally very emotional, but you would assume that. Uh, if well, it's, was... it's it's it threw them on the defensive. Yeah, yeah. You'd have to wonder what you, what uh, what should one make of that, you know? Well, maybe they're in a little bit of a denial, or they don't want to be come off. They don't want to come off as scumbag rapists, even though that's basically what they are. Yeah. Even if it's not rape, let's say in the, some cases it's not rape. It, it's they're still scumbags. Yeah. Well, I think I think the my conclusion on this would be that. Uh, uh, even if a lot of these cases aren't quite rape and that's, uh, it's, it's pretty clear that the woman's or what constitute, cons- what would constitute consent to she gave, it's still the case that if this is like, what's considered like open practice sexually, this is, this is going to be very, very good. going to be conducive to some very, very, uh, negative outcomes. So for lack of right. a better term, so, I agree. But so, yeah, I think you should probably play a little bit left of it. So I, don't give a f- I mean, I don't care, but yeah, like it's 50 50. When if for instance then the girl gave you a disease, yeah, then it's a different story again. Was that the end of it? Yep. Okay, so yeah, they they oh you strap up. You you do you really believe that these low life little scumbag gang members are running around with condoms? No. A pocket full of condoms. Plus they talk about a lot of how it's a lot of it's uh, oral sex. Um, do you think they work for oral sex? No. No. But it's the girl's fault if if they get a disease. They're they're putting their penis where 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 twelve other guys or six other guys or seven other guys had their penis 
but it's the girl's fault that uh, that they got a disease. Yeah, I was just thinking that very vulgar, disgusting to think about, but yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, they're morons. They're absolute morons. Yeah. Reprehensible morons. Okay, let's go to the next clip. Yeah. I, I should say, maybe this hasn't been uh, flushed out all the way, but uh, there's a question of, uh, there's it's like who said it, or uh, kind of a he said, she said, where uh, it's a, uh, I don't even know if how how ubiquitous this is, but where women can say that the, they didn't consent, and then the guys the guys say that uh, oh well no they did consent and they're just running their mouth, which I guess we touched on this a bit, but is it the case that the woman actually probably did consent, but it was horrible, but they still kind of went along with it? So to some extent, to a lot to a large degree, it's their fault, or is it kind of like one of those things where it's probably somewhere in between where a lot of the women probably probably some of these cases, they just didn't consent or they. No, no, I think it's both. I think it's both. I think there are girls that get embarrassed. Like the one kid said, I'll, I'll give them this much. I, I think a lot of it is just flat out gang rape, but I also think that, uh, you know, as the girl said, she set, set two different girls up for gang rape, at least two girls that she admits to. So a lot of it is gang rape, but I think there are also cases where girls uh, go along with the situation. And then the word gets out and they get extremely embarrassed and they say, well, no, no, I was, I was raped. Okay. I think we should also ask that uh, one last thing on this that I'm kind of curious about to, I mean, it's probably due to the culture, like that one, like I, 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 I really quickly, I, I, at first that the first guy that spoke, he spoke with, I thought that he was just being equivocal and he was saying nonsense, which I by and large agree with, but I'm starting to think watching the rest of it, I think he might be right about kind of the culture <laughs> of kind of gang rape and how a lot of women uh, seemingly are coaxed into this. And I guess my question there, uh, to what extent should the women be faulted for kind of propagating this culture? Or is it mostly just like a very like a chauvinistic, just a toxic No, no, they're participants. They, they, they play a role. They play a role. They definitely play a role. They have, they have some uh, accountability for the, for the situation, for the culture that's, that's so vulgar. It's not all one-sided. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Very convoluted, very, very complicated, very twisted and sick and uh, barbaric. But it is what it yeah. is. But yeah, they play a role. They're not. They're not completely blameless. Yeah. Well, I guess the one guy kind of made the first guy made the point that, uh, you know, if a woman's kind of like open to like having and certain amount of sexual partners all at once, then that probably doesn't dawn that well on them. You know, which. I guess that's where he thought that uh, maybe maybe if they wanted to see some sort of uh, transition or this becoming a, a more kind of rosy or more kind of rosy environment that not be as amenable to that. So maybe that's that's actually probably a good point that he made. I agree. So. Okay, let's go ahead and start the next clip. starts out by that kind of music it's saying that there have been 80 murders in london the first half of 2018 and the majority of them had been young kids and now it's saying that uh there are an estimated 3280 uh, gang members in uh, london okay 
name is Kumba Pakima, and I was born and raised in London. There's always been gang violence here, but I've never seen it worse than it is now. It's a brutal street war that's destroying lives every week. So who are these gang members and why do they choose this life? And if they do, can they ever go back? I want to find out from the people directly involved. So I'm on my way to meet a gang in Brixton. They call themselves 410 and are pretty well known around here. One of them was arrested for a shooting just days before we were due to meet. After several attempts of trying to meet them, they finally reached out to me and sent me a location 10 minutes out of the town centre. They told me one of their most active members will be there to meet me. I can see that you have like a few marks and stuff here. Yeah. So has that been like times when people have attempted to try and kill you? Yeah. To see that people actually, because when you actually look at it, like more time, it's actually deep in it. Like, yeah, it's shocking because it's like you have to put more effort to get yeah. in. Like it shocks me that people are actually trying that hard to like get yeah. my brown. Why have they? Why are people trying that hard to kill you? Um, things such as gang affiliation or things in the past out of the guys like when you're out in, in a gang certain times you're gonna have to do certain things to other people you get a little fame on your name a little respect on your name and certain people don't want to like talk to you certain people want to talk to you a certain way you get me because they're scared of who you were with or who you become now they're affiliated and you get other stuff like obviously it's easy way to make money there's ways to make money when you're involved Easy ways to make a good amount of money, a lot amount of money. How exactly do you make your money? Yeah, well, I'll show you, but that's um, Oh, this is... Yeah, I like to get life of prison if you're hurting your family too. It's clear that JC thinks there's no way out for him, but at least he's still alive. There's been many casualties already this year. So this guy is going around hurting people and killing people, and people have been trying to hurt him and kill him. Uh, this is one of the dregs of society. This is one of the African gang members that exist in the UK. It's a huge problem, and it doesn't seem to be getting any better. According to this young girl who's of African descent, who was born here in the, born well, born, keep saying born here, born in London. She herself says that she's been around a lot of gangs, but it's worse than it's ever been. 
Yeah. Well, I should say that the the one thing I was kind of struck by is the guy, or when she asked him why he got into it, uh, he responded with, oh, it was glamorized, <laughs> which <laughs> I, I often hear the a lot of people like to say, oh, well, there's so many gangs because there's nothing to do, blah, 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 and it's all due to uh, kind of lower socioeconomic status, and this is really the only way they can make a living, which... I mean, I, I still think that's ridiculous, but when he's saying it's glamorized, this kind of gets to kind of like the hip hop culture where, okay, well, this is what's been lionized, you know, and this is what's, uh, this is what they see as really cool, which to me doesn't really have as much to do with socioeconomic standards as it just does uh, the culture just having a blight in it, you know? Or yeah, they, they, they want to feel like they're cool and they're tough and they have power and they have prestige in their community and that they can intimidate people. And they have a whole group of people that's help, willing to help them do that. And that's the yeah. whole thing. That it has, it has absolutely nothing to do with poverty. It has everything to do with, like he said, be, being glamorized. Yeah. Which is probably why, I mean, I, I, I compared it before, but you just do not find the same thing among like lower social economic whites or really any sort of... Uh, Asians. Really, black people are in a legal zone as far as crime goes, but... Uh, yep. I imagine a big reason for that is that you don't quite see like a or music or culture like directed towards being an absolute thug, ex- only except in like kind of black atmospheres, you know. I agree. Which this guy's kind I, of. I, I don't know what the solution is. I don't even know if there is a solution, but that it can't be ignored. You definitely can't find a solution to problems like this by ignoring it. Well, I think a big a big solution is a bit of an aside. I know Thomas Sowell makes the point that uh, black culture is horrible because if you look at a lot of the media figures they seemingly promulgate and propagate a lot of like this horrible kind of like hip hop stuff that just uh, really just kind of lionizes or, or makes a virtue out of violence. And that's why you see a lot of problems. And as of, from what this guy said, he was pretty honest. He's like, no, I got into this because it looked cool. You know? Yeah. Or, Tom, well, Thomas soul is a, is a, uh, is a, is a unique individual. He's a, he's definitely a genius. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, uh, that's probably, but I want to say on that. Three killings a week, and they didn't go unnoticed. Georgian Sky News at five o'clock, the headlines this evening. The mother of a teenage boy shot dead in London makes an emotional appeal for an end to violence in the capital. I want these children to stop. It's stop. That's an was an up-and-coming rapper. Police are investigating whether he was caught in a gangland feud. Raheem Barton was 17 when he was shot dead by a rival gang in South London. On the day he was murdered, he was coaching football with family friend Sace Holmes Lewis. Just hours after he was dropped off, Sace received a call. Sace, have you heard what's happened? I said, what? What's happened? He says, Raheem. said, what about Raheem? He's been shot. And I was like, come on. What do you mean he's been shot? And he was like, he's been shot. He's dead. I was like, Come, how? He was just with us. Yeah. To be honest, there are no words that I can kind of explain. It was just, I just felt like I lost my own son. Raheem starred in dozens of music videos with hundreds of thousands of views, making him a target for other gangs. The music essentially was a way for Raheem to express himself in a way that he couldn't, you know, on a daily basis in society. And he'd been rejected by pretty much every institution that he went to, you know, from the age of eight. Aww. He was a, a good, 
a good kid. I had his trust from a young age, and I think he was just looking for that kind of role model and kind of father figure to to trust in and confide in and have that support. Pause. London is different in so many. So Raheem, Raheem was a gang member, and you know we hear about how he was coaching at a soccer team, a soccer game, and and blah blah blah. And what a nice kid he was, and, and all this other bullshit, the same stuff we hear about criminals here. So Raheem was this wonderful kid. He was he was salt of the earth, but he just happened to be a gang member. And uh and, and he happened to do rap music uh, and probably talking shit about the other gangs. And what a tough guy he was, and what a badass, and what a you know, strong guy, and nobody can mess with him, and all the other bullshit. And as she said, this made him a target by other gangs. And uh, the other gangs were like, oh, you, you think you're so tough? You're going to make rap songs about how tough you are and how you're kicking everybody's ass and you're just the the, the, the biggest man on the block? And and they shot him dead. Yeah. So well, this nonsense it. about what a... Well, hold on. This nonsense about what a what a, salt, what a, what a nice kitty is. I'm so sick of, hear, of, of hearing all these, you know, all these stories about these wonderful people that happen to be members of gangs and happen to commit horrible crimes and end up dead. What do you think is going to happen when you're involved in that type of thing? What, what do you think is going to happen when you go around, not just bragging about how you're tougher than everybody else, but you actually turn it into songs and broadcast it so that your enemies have to listen to that shit and, and they're killers and you're a killer. How do you think that's going to play out for you eventually? Yeah. Well, I should say this kind of reminds me of a, a point that I've thought about a lot is that uh, if you look at like the two biggest, uh, I don't know, figureheads of like hip hop culture, it tends to be Biggie Smalls and Tupac. And they were both essentially killed, or I guess the theory of why they were killed is that uh, these gang members basically saw them and thought, okay, that would be a good, uh, that would be a good prize, you know, if we yeah. killed them. Should underscore like if the people that kind of propagate this kind of thug culture the most and say that, oh, well, this is due to, like, lower socioeconomic stuff, and this is how we're supposed to, this is, we're, like, this way because of, uh, uh, I don't know, the way of, the way police have treated us and all this nonsense, or at least particularly in the case of Tupac Shakur, was killed by a black person that said, oh, well, we're going to do this. I want him, or I want him dead because it would be cool if we just have him as, like, a, <laughs> it would be cool if we're, we're known as the guys who named him, you know? Yep, which just seems just underscores just how perverse this kind of culture is, and how it's really just nonsensical, and how in essence it's just violence. You know, it's violence that they propagate. It's not violence that was caused upon them. It's it's violence that they themselves uh, kind of uh, reverberate. And they're of, uh, causing the entire situation. They're they they create the situation. They're involved in the situation. They continue to promote the situation, and then there's then then everybody pretends like they're the victims when things don't go their way. Yeah, which, which uh, I, I guess my main point is there is that these people are culture because you guys think we're thugs or you guys th think we're criminals or you made us criminals because of like systemic racism and poverty, which is all due to your fault, which is all your fault. And then you have other people that will just kill those people saying that, hey, it's cool because we can actually name them and then we can be like figureheads or like uh, popular people because of this. I mean, exactly, that's exactly. true. That's a, that should show that uh, really the only common denominator here is violence and if the violence is being propagated against the, if the violence is being, uh, uh, I guess, reciprocated against of it, then that should show that uh, this wasn't due to like some sort of systemic oppression. It was just due to them being like just violent shitheads, you know? Right, exactly. Okay, let's continue the clip. 
ways to the rest of the country. Sky News has done analysis of murder crimes throughout the UK. Everywhere apart from London, the racial profile of murder victims and murder suspects is a simple reflection of the racial mix in those areas. But not in London. Here, gang violence has left its mark. In the last 18 months, almost half of murder victims and murder suspects in the capital are young black men. Way portion of the population so can it really be the case that for a large number of young black men living in london it's kill or be killed memorials like this one can be found all over london mostly for young men who've been killed on the street and police never seem to be too far away while filming in Brixton, we came across this. Police call it a show of force. They tell us there's been a gang-related incident. No matter what you're in the mood for, with the all-new Royal Crispy Chicken... I find out it's a drive-by shooting. No one was killed this time, but I want to find out what it must be like for the people living here. Two guys came from off of the estate and um, my neighbours a couple of doors down. They're outside their, their door. I'm still shaking up remembering it. They actually got off two guys, one with a shotgun. And they stood outside their front door and fired. And I'm a couple of doors down, and it freaked the shit out of me. They are used, at the end of the day, going to school with weapons to protect themselves or whatever at the end of the day. I've been told my kids grew up in this sort of environment as much as I try to keep them out of it. But this for them and, you know, the age group, younger and younger. And it's, it's, it's frightening. You don't want, at the end of the day, that... And personal experiences, all the, the people that are getting stabbed and everything else, when it's personal, because then it's like, it comes closer to home. And for them, it's part and parcel of you growing up now. And for me, it's horrendous, the fact of you can't actually sit outside in your front garden or walk up and down or go on a bus and everything else. For me... Well. Sharon isn't the only one here created. So, we constantly hear about how um, the UK is so safe because it doesn't have guns. Yet, what did she say? The two men came, one had a pistol, one had a shotgun, and they were firing into an apartment that was just a couple doors down from hers. Right. What they've done is they've succeeded in disarming the innocent population. The criminals still have guns. They still have knives. They still have clubs. They still have all, all sorts of things. The stabbings in London are just, just through the damn roof. I remember the one year, I don't remember what exact year, but it might have been more than one year, but I remember the one year London had a higher murder rate than, than New York did. And it was mostly knife attacks. But they also have something nasty called acid attacks. And that's where people take uh, vials full of uh, sulfuric acid and throw it in people's faces. And basically it makes you go blind and it melts your face off like a horror yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah, the only thing I would say to that, and uh, 
is that uh, the murder per capita rate in the UK is still far less uh, than in the United States. Well, yeah, that's because we, you know, we have, they have uh, 3% of the population. We have 13% of the population. Yeah, that could be. But even among like, uh, actually, I'm not quite sure. Cause I think the one said it was like 45 per a hundred thousand. So perhaps that could be, I'm not sort of quite sure of the statistics on that. I will say one of the problems in that I know that uh, a lot of people find this because you can be a little bit shy about them, right? Yep. And make like huge uh, cacophony of noise, which would just freak everyone out. But a lot of people get killed, and the, and the person doesn't even realize the, per- the people around don't even realize the person's been stabbed. Yeah, but I've heard a lot of the anecdotes about the uh, people in like nice neighborhoods in London. They'll just go up and stab someone really quickly, and then they'll just go walk away. And that's uh, with guns. That's typically just not as much of an occurrence because you're just going to make a cacophony of noise and. It's people are just going to source it out. Yeah, you're going to draw. You're going to draw attention from everybody, from all all directions. Whereas with a knife, you can do it, and there's a good chance nobody's going to even know until it's over, you know, over and done with. Yeah, I think that's where uh, knives uh, really leave their mark. Other than, uh, I guess, just people getting constantly stabbed. Mm, stabbings uh, here too. You remember that video we saw of the the guy in uh, I think it was New York in the subway stabbed that guy in the neck, and the guy immediately dropped dead. Oh, I think that was in Australia. Was that Australia? Was it the one where somebody was like, and then one of them stabbed in the neck, and then he just, yep. just lost his life. He died. That was in Australia. Yeah. Was that Australia? Okay. My mistake. Yep. Okay. Uh, okay, go ahead and start the clip. I think this is going because of how the, the younger youth them growing up, killing each other with knives and all of these things. Yeah? Now, the reason for it, many people do know why, but they deny like they don't. The reason for it is a system. They, it's their pleasure to run away a baby father or a husband from the house. When they do that, the kids grow up like a fox. No road model. Doesn't matter if you're black or you're white. It's beyond black and white now. After several shootings and stabbings, I didn't hear from the gang for a while. But after a few weeks, I finally got in touch with someone. He's a young guy belonging to one of the most feared gangs in London, and he agreed to meet me in his area. On my way to meet the Woolwich boys. Believed to control much of the drug supply in South East London. Their reputation is fierce. Much of the violence around here is linked to them. I'm told to pick up a senior member of the gang who's just got out of jail. And he said he would introduce me to his friends. This is Woolwich, and obviously this is where we all form, most of us are from here. This is where we all chewed, hang around, did our daily day places and that. So obviously, this is just a hood in it. Tell us about your gang. Are they powerful here? Yeah, we're powerful here, and there are loads of people know who are, they know our faces, and they know what we're about at the end of the day. So obviously, we do our thing, 
and obviously we're at it to make a living. My face is pretty well-known, and anywhere I go, I walk around, people see my face, everyone knows who I am. They see me, they know my name, they're like, you're well gone, bro. Like, it's a quite a known face around there. And how does that make you feel going on the street, knowing that a lot of people know who you are? It's, I like it. I like it. What will happen if you saw someone, like one of your ops, right now? Oh, see, like, how would you jump out, gang? Like, simple as, like, <laughs> that's the end of the situation, isn't it? Who's on my ops for a reason? They've obviously done stuff to me or a couple of my people to make us be after them, innit? Be honest, you must be a bit, like, fearful sometimes when you're out. Nah, it's not even fearful. Obviously, it's paranoia, kind of it? Thinking, who's there? Who's that in that car over there? Who's that? Obviously, it's just watching what's going on. Struggling with acne? Some of us have to do it. Some of us comes from the States, 
from ghetto places and all you see around when you walk out your house is you standing on a street corner selling drugs, smoking drugs and so then you look at them thinking, yeah, I think I want to be like them one day. Do you think this life is worth putting your mum through that? You know what, yeah. She only worries if she actually knows that you're in trouble. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you don't chat to your mum because you don't want to worry her anyway. Yeah, but you make sure every day you always bring a ball home to your parents, man. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Oh. A lot of people think gang violence is... Okay, so, again, they say it's economic reasons, but then they, then they, the gang members themselves admit that it's... It's also the prestige. He he says himself that he enjoys the fact that when he walks down the street that he's recognized by the community as as one of the gang members, um, that he's a known gang member. Um, he likes the power it, it makes him feel. And he admits that some some are, are you know, in poverty, living in these uh, tenement houses. Some live in good houses, good good upbringing, according to him. And they do it because they want to be part of the in crowd, part of the cool crowd, and and be a gang member. And so, obviously, it's not poverty for them. Right. Well, I think it goes back to what I was talking about with, like, uh, like Tupac, where he was murdered just because some guy wanted to meet him. And I, I feel like the same thing where this guy says, oh, I've become such a conspicuous figure on the street, and I like that people notice who I am, that... It, it does seem like that's really just the essence of it, you know, that you're this like badass tough guy and everyone recognizes you as that, you know, and right. which which obviously the point there is that uh, once you just have kind of the senseless kind of culture of violence, violence that, uh, well, if there's this badass tough guy that's uh, seen as that or he's the symbol for that and you kill him, then you are the badass tough guy. And I feel like that's kind of exactly this, you know. That's that's, exa- that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Uh, I, 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 you know, you're the one that was able to kill the badass tough guy. And now you've got a. Now you've got the prestige of being the one that took out the tough guy. And now that everybody's looking at you walking down the street, thinking that you're the one that uh, you're, you're, you're the you're the toughest now, or one of the toughest. And that's 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 really the bottom line. And I, I, I'm not sure that he's smart enough to understand that that's the type of target he's putting on his back, or maybe he's just a fool and doesn't care. I don't know. Um, so, and then he says, well, you go home to your parents. You, I mean, they're pretending like that nothing bad can happen to their families. I I can't imagine these people having, um, any type of morals or ethics that would keep them from going after the families of, of gang members. So they're, oh. they're putting their mothers and their, and their, and their families in, uh, in peril. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've, in America in particular, that's a known thing where they'll go after families. And I imagine it's not that different in uh, the UK. I'm sure. Yeah. For one thing, if they were firing, if they, if a guy with a shotgun and a guy with a pistol was firing into a, into an apartment, I'm sure he's not, that, that gang member is not the only one that lives there. That was his family. Yeah. Well, they referenced something about a drive-by shooting and I'm like, isn't the whole point of a drive-by shooting that you just go by where the guy lives and shoot indiscriminately at his house, you know? Well, sometimes. Sometimes it, sometimes somebody's walking down the street and somebody pulls up on him and shoots him. Yeah. So right. someone, sometimes it's just you go in and you light up an entire house. Yeah. So, yeah, it depends. But either way, I mean, if they're lighting up the entire house, 
you know, there's there's other family members in there. There's your mom, your maybe your grandmother, your who who knows, little 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 brothers, little sisters. Right. But these these scumbags don't seem to realize that, or they don't care. I'd say they probably don't care. How much how much longer do we have on the clip? A little bit less than two minutes. I think it's uh, okay. Perfect. Perfect. Let's see just wrapping up. Are we play the rest of it? by the drug war but after speaking with the Woolwich boys I've discovered it's actually more than that a lot of these murders have been happening simply because someone has been disrespected usually on social media the way that young people feel validated through likes through views you know and it's because they have a lack of self-worth these young people are looking at it as a game uh, I know that there are scoreboards. If you kill certain people in a certain way, then you get a number of points and you have a leaderboard. Do the gangs even know what this war is about? These gangs don't know what it's about. It's all about status. It's all about territory. But it's territory for things that they don't even own. They don't own any property. They don't own any streets. They're just doing things because they think they have got to protect their area. It doesn't make any sense. There's no evidence this gang war is going to end anytime soon. And the people affected the most are desperate for a solution. I believe that it's a community problem and a community. You know, these people, you know, in the houses of parliament, politicians, they don't understand because they're not from here. They don't live it. They don't see it. Even the gangs themselves don't see how it will end. It's too young. It's too got opportunity. But the fact opportunity being there for us. I always wake up thinking, well, you don't know what could happen today, but I step out, I could have to do something to someone else or someone could have to do something to me. It's the only life you know, you have to just keep doing it. There's nothing else to do, in it? The only thing for certain is that if someone makes that decision to join a gang, it's going to be very difficult to go back. Okay, so that's the end of the clip. Okay, so the solution is very simple. It'll never happen. You simply, uh, well, there's plenty of solutions, but I'll go with the least brutal solution. And that would be simply stick them all in prison and uh, throw away the key. Yeah. Well, there's other solutions, but I'm trying to go with the most doable. Yeah. I should the, say the, that, uh... the, least, the least shocking. <laughs> yeah that that soccer coach uh i guess he was or something or they were coaching it together uh he his explanation for it was something to the effect of oh well these people want prestige and they have like a lack of self-worth so this is why they do it which if you're kind of comporting it with a lot of like nonsense liberal arguments they'll argue something to the effect of oh black people are mistreated in society and they're so they have such low self-esteem that they have to do this to kind of like drum up their drum up their self-esteem which I, one that's ridiculous at face value but two do you ever read these surveys where it says that black people are much likely to report to uh they're kind of having higher self yes 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 yeah. the, the 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 with with less accomplishments they they report higher self-esteem yeah so the accomplishments seem to be do not reflect the the level of self-esteem yeah I don't know what that guy's getting at there, at least on that value, at least on face value, but also the idea that you have nothing and you need some sort of uh, prestige or you need some 
to be lionized on some level. So you're just going to go out killing people. Does that really stand a reason? Or do you think that it, it seems like that has more to do with the culture just being broken and that's where they get to, their jollies off on, or that's what they value, you know, yeah. it's kind of senseless violence. You that, know? That's, that's how they get what they call street cred. That's how they become, uh, you know, recognizable in the community. They like the idea of people being afraid of them and people knowing who they are and knowing that if they mess with them, not only do they have to mess with them, but they have to mess with their entire gang and that they're willing to, to hurt or kill or rape or, or, you know, simply assault or whatever the case may be. They're willing to do these things to you and they, they don't care if they go to prison. And, and again, the only solution is, is you lock all these gang members up in prison and you throw away the key. That's the only solution. They're not, nobody's going to do that, by the way. I know that this, the, there's plenty of solutions out there that would that, that's the only thing that's going to work, but nobody, nobody will do it. It's just not going to happen. Um, yeah. But they can't come up. They're not coming up with any other solutions. So if 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 they're not willing to do that, then I I just don't know what else is going to happen because they've tried everything else. They've tried after school programs. They've tried you know go play basketball at an open gym. They've tried everything you could possibly think of, and, and to no avail. Yeah. Well, I, I should say just kind of, um, obviously I totally heed that and uh, we're eventually going to do it. We're going to do a, a podcast outright just on crime, which uh, we is long overdue, but uh, it will definitely go into stuff like that. So I'm not going to touch as much on that. But the one thing I always find is that this, it, it, it seems to be that uh, when these people talk about it, the essence is something like kind of like street cred or the only way we can actually get some sort of uh, affirmation in society and doing stuff like that, which, it seems like that if you're kind of an intelligent person in there, you should realize, you know what, I don't think I really need to get myself worth by killing someone or being violent or getting so-called street cred. And obviously street cred is just the most brash. And Yeah, but what, just, what, did, you, what did you just say? What did you start out by saying? Yeah, rational. Well, well I, I you, said, you, said if you, you said if you're intelligent enough. Yeah. There's the crux of the matter. Like, I remember being in high school or I think this was in high school, I'm just going to shoehorn a random anecdote in, but I remember I got made fun of for having, I guess, uh, poorer shoes on or shoes that weren't that nice. And people were making fun of me and saying I was poor and apparently shoes matter. And I was like, imagine you're that rich. One, these kids don't know me. And I can't even explain how ridiculous, what they said was ridiculous that I'm poor because I don't have nice shoes on or that shows me being trash or something. But two, I was thinking to myself, like, you really put your self-worth in somebody's shoes you know, that's what you've used as like denoting success is how nice someone's shoes are. Like, I, I just thought, or she's, I, I just thought to myself, uh, you know, this probably doesn't dawn well for their kind of culture, you know? Well, oh, oh, people have murdered other people for, uh, for shoes. Yeah. For the, for, for the, for their nice, their nice uh, sneakers or gym shoes, whatever you want to call them. There was a, there was in a, in a mall on the east side of Cleveland, there was a huge riot where people were hurt and all sorts of things and, and uh, injured. And, and uh, I mean, there, there was, it was just a riot and it was outside of a shoe store and uh, it was based on who, who got the nicest shoes, the fastest. Um, and people were waiting for people to go in and get their shoes and come out so they could rob them. Yeah. Rob them yeah. in the parking lot. I think my favorite thing is a, uh... I don't watch many of these, but I remember occasionally watching like a, I guess a show called 48 hours, just like a solving a crime. And I was absolutely blown away how, how many people are ultimately busted because 
they have like shoes of very visceral colors or they're known for having a particular pair of shoes. And then that, that shows up on like a camera and then they can charge them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that should tell you everything you need to know. <laughs> like you get caught for having a somewhat nice pair of, of shoes. I, I think that's actually why uh, the Aaron Hernandez guy was actually caught. Cause they I, were one of the murders because they, they saw like shoes he had on, which, I'm like that's absolutely ridiculous. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. I've, I've, I, women love shoes. They love shoes. And I was watching a show. I'm not going to say what show it was, but I was watching a game show with my girlfriend last night. And the, the one guy, he was a gay guy. He was one of the participants, and he was talking about all the shoes that he owned. And so women love shoes. Women or women adjacent, whatever you want to call it, they love shoes. But for some reason. Black guys also love shoes. I, I don't get it. I really don't get it. There's a lot of things to love, but shoes? Shoes are, for me, shoes, the only thing that the, the shoes are is something to keep from my, you know, from hurting my feet when I walk on rough surfaces. That's it. Yeah. So I, I can't imagine obsessing over a, a pair of shoes. It's, I get the standard black, uh, you know, non-slip sure grip shoes and that's it. Black leather shoes. I used to go through Payless because they were because I have really I have gigantic feet, and uh, it's my shoes are extremely expensive. Expensive, but I could get them cheap through Payless, relatively cheap. Um, you know, size fifteen, and, uh, and then eventually I could only get them online through Payless, and then I you know Payless went out of business. But so, but that so that's my that's how much I care about shoes. I, I get I got them through Payless because they were good quality and they were cheap. But you didn't feel like you had a lack of self worth or you weren't respected because of that. No, <laughs> I'm a guy. If you're looking, if you're if you're a girl and you're looking at my shoes, that's weird. And if you're a guy and you're you're worried about what kind of shoes I have, then you're the reason why I I shower at home after going to the gym. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I I don't understand, but there's there's a hell of a lot of things I don't understand, as I always say. Yeah. Well, um, I... But for those people that think that those people that live in the United States, we've done two shows now. We did a show African gangs in Australia, and now we've done African gangs in the UK. So for those people in the United States that think that oh we live in such a crime ridden country and other countries have it are so are you know lack crime and don't have any problems, wake the hell up. Wake the hell up and smell the coffee. The reality is is that these places have tremendous amounts of crime. Uh, France doesn't keep crime stats by race, and neither does Canada. Why would you do that? Why would you keep it by sex but not race or ethnicity? I think there's a reason, and I think we all know what the reason is. Yep. So, did you have anything else to say about the gangs of London? Was there anything like, shocking that you were surprised by? Well, I should say the the one thing the woman said at the end is that uh, the one, I guess, common denominator that she parsed out was that... Uh, they seemingly did all of this or the the reason why the, what motivated a lot of these gangsters was just like street cred you know and yeah. like dumb clout things it really which kind of undercuts this idea that oh it's all due to the lower social economic status no no at least from what she said right no 
nothing to do with lower socioeconomic status. It's I want it and I want it now. I I, I have zero, zero uh, oh, uh, self-control. I want everything I want right this second. I don't want to work a job to get it. I don't want to, you know, if people talk about what am I going to do? Work at McDonald's? Yeah, work at McDonald's, dickhead. That's right. Get your lazy ass out there and flip some burgers and work the work the fries, and 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 uh, mop the floors and whatever else you have to do. But don't go out and sell drugs. Don't go out and and, and rob and steal. Yeah, because then then you know you're destroying society, and then we eventually have to. If you don't die, if you don't end up killing, getting killed, then we have to pay for you to be in prison. Right. I mean, you know, they talk about the, the, the four family situations. Well, what kind of family situation can you have if you're constantly running from the law? You're constantly running from other criminals. You're constantly involved in, in violent crimes. And uh, your, your source of income is, is committing more violent crimes, more, more theft and more, more murder and more uh, assault and burglaries and break-ins and of, of various types. And uh, you're constantly in and out of jail. I mean, how, how do you build a family? How do you raise a family? How do you build a future? How, how is that possible? How can you participate in gang rapes uh, and, uh, and build, a, build a decent society, decent culture? Right. But yet everybody else is at fault. You're the victim. You're, you're the never-ending victim. Again, as I said before one time, uh, I've said many times, Whatever we do is our fault, and whatever you do is our fault. No sense of accountability. No taking of personal responsibility. And I don't know what the solution is, and I'm, I'm fairly certain there's not a solution. Again, you, you have gang members, violent gang members, you lock them up and you throw away the key. Yeah. Well, I, the other thing I should say that... Uh... I hear a lot of particularly black commentators say this, but uh, kind of to what you're talking about, where nothing's nothing's ever uh, anyone's fault unless they're a white man or they're white. What the irony with this is that it's ultimately just propagating this idea that white supremacy is the most uh, rampant thing, you know, and they don't understand that they're the ones propagating it because they're saying that white people are the ones who have all the power because, because they can never be at fault for anything, you know, which means that they're ultimately not serious people. They're just victims. Yeah, yeah. I I can't take somebody seriously that it's constantly blaming everybody else for their problems. I I can't. I just can't take somebody seriously. It's like that. It's it's too much. It's too much for me. Um, when I do something wrong, it's my fault. Even if there was mitigating factors, even if there's mitigating circumstances, it's still my fault. It was ultimately my choice. Right. And I'm the one that has to be held accountable. I'm the one that has to pay the price. Yeah. But I, I, I guess I'm one of those weird white devils that feels that way. Apparently. But I shave my horns down. I grow my hair long on top of my head. I do my best. Right. So, uh, did you have, again, did you have anything more to say about the African gangs of the UK. Uh, no, I was going to say I thought of like werewolves of London, which oh, now yeah. it's gangs of London. But it's okay. 
that's that's about it. I think I think we pretty much touched on everything we wanted to touch on. Okay, so I'm going to give another teaser. We're going to do that. I think we're going to try to do this from here on out. At the end of every episode, we're going to give a teaser, and here's the teaser. Tomorrow's episode is grooming gangs of the UK. Grooming gangs of the UK. And for those of you in the in the US or anywhere else that doesn't know what grooming means, these are child molesters. These are rape gangs uh, that prey on young girls that are underage, and uh, they're all over the UK. And um, actually, the title of the of, to give you the full title of the I was trying to work out what the title should be: Muslim grooming gangs in the UK. That's what it's going to be called. I know a lot of times that uh, people in the UK call uh, uh, Muslims, uh, Pakistanis and Indians and Middle Eastern people, they call them Asians. And I guess technically they are Asians. But when you hear Asian in the United States, you think Chinese, Japanese, Korean, Laotian, Vietnamese. And that's definitely not who they're talking, who we're talking about. So we're talking about mostly Pakistani, but also various other uh, Muslim ethnicities. So uh, grooming, Muslim grooming gangs in the UK is going to be the title of tomorrow's episode. And uh, we're going to go deep. We've already got all the information and we're going to go deep into it. And uh, it's going to be an, it's going to be a very interesting and also a very depressing uh, episode. So you be prepared. All right. I know we have about, we have a decent following in the UK. We have a decent following in Australia, Canada, we have, we, we're we're broadcasting in about thirty five or thirty six countries around the world, uh, as far as the listeners we have according to the stats, and so I really appreciate that. I not only do I appreciate the American listeners, but I also appreciate the foreign listeners, and and that's why uh, I, we're going to focus a little bit on other countries and not be so America or United States centric. We'll branch out a little bit. We're going to come back. We're going to address you know issues in the in the United States as well because that's where the lion's share of our listeners are. But when you have uh, people in 34, 35, 36 countries around the world listening, you also have to uh, give them a little, you know, give them a little shout out and focus on the issues that they're concerned about. So that being said, again, tomorrow, uh, Muslim grooming gangs in the UK will be the title of the, of the episode. So I think that pretty much says it all. Uh, if you like this episode and you like you like the past episodes and you like the idea of this future episode that I've just mentioned, uh, we drop a podcast Monday through Friday. That means Sunday night into fr- into Monday morning, twelve o one a.m. Monday morning, uh, Eastern Standard Time, uh, so New York City time. And uh, the last one goes Thursday night into Friday morning again, Eastern Standard Time or New York City time, however you prefer me saying it. Uh, and it's uh, after 1201. Um, it, you know, it takes time, but we're broadcasting. We're, we're on between 35 and 40 um, podcast platforms. So just simply type in conservative atheist. You'll see a clown face, which is my face in clown makeup, uh, or to be more exact, clown filter. Uh, and uh, you'll see American flags circled around it. And that is where I'm at. You're at the right place. So we're also do. I've been doing something called uh, moronic roundtable discussions, and it's basically a recording of a huge group of people talking about various issues. Sometimes conspiracy theories, sometimes flat Earth, sometimes you know this all this nonsense about how they're trying to kill us with the vaccines. 
Um, just all sorts of crazy things you could possibly imagine. Um, and it's they're having deep, in-depth conversations about this. And none of them, well, almost none of them, know what the hell they're talking about. There's a few, every once in a while, there's a few intelligent people to come in and try to talk sense to these people. And of course, it goes to no avail. But it's really interesting. It's it's both sad and hilarious at the same time. And so if you're interested in that, again, that'll be coming out Friday night into Saturday morning after 1201 uh, Eastern Standard Time um, or uh, New York City Time, again, depending on how you'd like me to say it. And uh, they run about an hour, hour to an hour and a half. It depends on, on the material, whether I think it's good or not. All right. Okay, so all that being said, I also want you to give me feedback. Either give me written feedback or leave a voicemail. Either way, one you want to do. It can be negative, it can be positive, it can be anywhere in between. But leave feedback. We're craving feedback. We need feedback, regardless of whether it's positive or negative. Uh, I've looked into this, I've, I've researched it, and apparently it's, it's, it's like pulling teeth getting feedback from people. And uh, I have to be honest with you, I rarely give feedback myself, so I'm a little bit of a hypocrite on this one. But anyway, at any rate, so after, so we'll be having some really interesting interviews coming up and more spicy topics. All right. That being said, last thing tonight, when you're laying there in the dark in your bed and you're staring up at the ceiling, and you're drifting off into dreamland, I want you to repeat this mantra over and over again. Conservative atheist is always right. 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 Hey, conservative atheist is always right. And the next day when you wake up, you'll feel refreshed. You'll be a new person. The sun will shine brighter. The flowers will smell sweeter. The air will be crisper. The birds will sing your name. And all will be right with the world. And if it's not, then that means you're a knucklehead. You're not listening to enough conservative atheist podcast. So get on the ball. All right, you knuckleheads. I hope you enjoyed this one. Talk to you next time. <laughs>